On today's episode, Dave interviews Dino Stamatopoulos. Dino has written for Mr. Show, Conan, Letterman, and performed on Community. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. One of those things where you go, where uh, stuff online, for me, when I post something online, I will be, I will be pointed politically, mm-hmm. but I will not turn it into something personal. Right, yeah. And if you do, if you turn into something personal, if somebody turns something into pers- something personal, I back off because I'm like, wow, this is shit's gonna start to fucking be something I don't want to get involved in. Whenever I, whenever I get someone who says something really horrible about me on Facebook, I always go and like it. <laughs> it's it's a it's a great way of getting people to like you. <laughs> I I, th- I think that's really an awesome idea. I think the yeah. idea that. The idea that you go, okay, fine, that's your opinion. That's yeah. your opinion, and that's okay. And and this whole thing that we were just talking about, that we're not talking about the podcast, this whole thing that we're talking about, um, really has driven me to go, I'm really taking it way fucking too personally. And if I enter into the world of... of uh, of commenting on stuff, then I gotta know that some of that's gonna. Because I'm talking about. But okay. Donnie right. would say, Donnie would would talk, and Donnie's you know he's passed on. But yeah. Donnie would say, <laughs> he would say things like, um, I remember doing a scene with, and he would go into this long spiel, and I would I watch all the actors, I watch all the students' eyes glaze over. Yeah. And you go, okay, we're gonna go away. And I think somebody maybe adds it had something where he would like put his finger on his chin and tap his finger on his chin right. as if this is going to be a long story. <laughs> this is good. And then we all would pick up on it going fast and Donnie would be looking over our heads and not realizing the entire class is tapping their fingers on their chin doing that. Uh, I had him for one class and he kicked me off stage twice <laughs> for joking. <laughs> I thought that's what Second City was. Right, right. <laughs> well, well, that goes into what I wanted to talk to you about. Something happened at I.O. You and Andy Dick were doing a scene Mm-mm. on I.O. when uh-uh. it was at... When it was Not at I.O., uh-oh. <laughs> right. When it was in Prom Olympic, uh, yeah. <laughs> on Wilton. Yeah. And I don't know, and I'd, I'd, I'd seen you around, and of course I'd seen Andy around, and, and I had just come off of doing theater in prisons for a year. Mm-hmm. I did uh, improvisation in prisons, uh, non-comedic. Like yeah. real prisons. Real prisons. It My wasn't first... a fun thing called theater in prisons. No, no. At the Annoyance Theater. <laughs> right, exactly. No. <laughs> this is real annoyance Wow. <laughs> so we would travel around. My first gig was at Joliet Correctional Center. And we would do mask work, non non comedic, educational, rehabilitational mask work with movement. It was I was twenty five. Yeah. It was nineteen eighty four. Yeah, and that's like... what you kind of did then, I guess. Yeah. So I was just coming off of that, and I had never done any comedic improvisation prior to that. And I went to I O um, in Olympic I O, and yeah. I saw you at Cross Currents. At right? Cross Currents, yeah. that's it. At yeah. Cross Currents, and I saw you guys perform something. And it was, because it, I know that it was uh, a- Andy and Dino, is that what you guys were called? I think we were Dino and Andy. Dino and Andy. Um, <laughs> right. I wanted to get that right. Um, uh, I don't think it matters. For the Library but... of Congress. No, it's for the Library because this thing's going to Library of Congress. Um, <laughs> and you, you guys did something, and it was like performance art before I knew what fucking performance art was. Probably you know? before we did either. I would think so. You yeah. know, across the street, um, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh... The guy that would shit on on stage. Oh, um, uh, Gigi Allen. Gigi Allen. Yeah. You know, across the street at No Exit was Gigi Allen. Was he really there? Not. I'm sorry. Across the street from Second City, Gigi Allen. I didn't even know he was like a Chicago guy. He no. He he'd perform at No at at, at Exit. What was it? The uh, the bar on Well Street. I think it's called Exit. Right, and right. he would, and they had a back room, but he also performed on. They covered the bar with plastic wrap. Yeah, and yeah. he would just shit on stage. I can't believe I missed that. Uh, it's got to be on YouTube. No, yeah. it can't be. But uh, uh, there was that going on, and there was Annie Sprinkle masturbating on stage, and that kind of shit was all going on. Maybe that was late seventies in New York, CBGB. But you and Andy did this thing on stage, and it was a packed house, and. I had no idea what the fuck it was, and I felt like it went on for too long. Right. And I felt, yeah. and I got angry about it. <laughs> I remember getting really angry about it, and I got angry about it to the point where it made it shifted the way that I looked at what we did. It because 
And we were made, masturbating on stage in our own way. <laughs> but it was, but yeah, but it was yeah. also the idea of, it, it made me realize that if you, you can get away with anything if you give it context mm -hmm. and, and context. And I was watching you guys and your context was, was who it was that you were. You know, and I didn't know that because if you look at Gigi Allen apart, you look at Annie Sprinkles apart, you look at all these, but if you look at them in the large context of things, you're going, okay, there is, there, there's an, a movement afoot and people are experimenting with shit. And whether or not you were jerking off on stage or not, you were up there unfolding, unfurling and evolving and, I, and, and looking I wonder back what the hell we were doing. Do you remember? I remember it was kind of some kind of fairy tale, like Wizard of Oz or... or um, Jesus. I remember it was some fairy tale thing. Or maybe when I tell the story, I put that in there. But yeah. <laughs> I told that story a number of times. Hmm. And because it really, it really made me angry. Yeah. And in an immature artist sort of way. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, not definitely. angry at you. Right. I'm just going... It it moved me, man. I it, think I think back then we kind of wanted to make people angry anyway, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Andy is a, kind of a naturally angry person, and I just get caught up in it, you know. And, and you you're all, you're a foil to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that was yeah working with Andy boys. Those were the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it right. was like it was very short lived, but it was like a big part of. Uh, but it's intense, but you've also, you're talking about then, because mm -hmm. you also worked with him. Did you work with him on Ben Stiller's show? Work, yeah, you know, I worked there when he worked there. You worked there when he worked there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think I wrote, uh, I tried writing for him, and I remember Ben got, uh, Ben was going to fire me, because I, I wrote sketches that were, uh, were on, but I wasn't writing for Ben. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember Judd Apatow took me aside and said, if you don't start writing for Ben, you're going to get fired. And I said, good, I'll, let me, if you don't like me, I'll leave. I love that, man. I love yeah. that. Because and to be, to go, to, as long as you're not angry going, but saying, this is my voice. Right. I understand that I have a job. I'm not writing for... Everyone's I, writing for Ben on that show. But you, you know? everybody is writing for Ben on yeah. that show. Yeah. Everybody is writing for Ben on that show. Right. Was it the same thing with Dana? I mean, his fucking name's on that show. Right, the same thing. <laughs> like, like his name is on the show, but I look at Dana Carvey. Show, oh no, Dana's the nicest guy. That's ever. what I was looking at the Dana yeah. Carvey show, and I know that was when Carell and Colbert were on that show. Yeah. And Bill Cott was on that show. Bill Cott, yeah. Charlie Kaufman was a writer. Right, right. Uh, so that Louis show, yeah. Dana wanted. Dana wanted. From what I remember, and I love that show. And I was thinking, there's just no chance. Right. This is gonna go. Yeah. This is the tail end of the dinosaur. <laughs> the rest of the dinosaur has turned into coal. Right. And this tail end, we're going, oh, it's, still, it's still got skin on it, yeah. of the review show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, well, we were trying to do kind of a throwback mm -hmm. to, you know, like a, a variety show. And uh, it was at just the worst time slot ever. I think it was like right after um, uh, a Home Improvement or right before that or something it like that. It was NBC or ABC? What was it? ABC. ABC, right. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah ABC. And, uh, but it was like... Saturday Night Live, but then like a little bit of Mr. Show. It was before Mr. Show, right. but um, just uh, you know, the first sketch right out of the bat was Louis C.K.'s sketch with where Clinton is breastfeeding. You know, so it's like lactating and milk, and he's got puppies and kittens on him and babies. That was the first sketch we ever did. It was ridiculous. But you got, but you got, you. But that that's a different show than the Ben. But Ben Stiller show was sketch too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that, that show bombed too. I remember like the listing of all the shows in ratings order and you know, it's like whatever it was back then, 100, 200 shows, uh, 60 minutes, top, right. first one, we're dead last, <laughs> dead last the whole time. Uh, how, many, how many episodes did you do of, the da of Dana's show? Dana, I think eight, maybe seven were in. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I remember the commercials you had at the beginning of the show that you were sponsored by some product. Right, at the right, of the right. Show. And we wrote a song. Right. For like, and it was a production know. number. And yeah. And we were dancing up in costumes of milk or whatever it was going yeah, to be. Yeah, they were in like big you know, Taco Bell costumes and stuff. Right. <laughs> you know. So there was a production value to it. So oh, yeah, somebody, yeah. somebody green-lighted that thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ABC loved the idea of it, but uh, it just <laughs> fell apart. You know, I was uh, like Charlie... And 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 I was hired with the idea that it would be like sort of a writer's show where we, we could write these, these weird sketches, and um, 
And then it, it, it was pretty much, it turned into more SNL on, uh, you know, in prime time. Right. You know. Right. So um, I got more stuff on than Charlie. Charlie always jokes because uh, they were making the DVD and he said, I'll only do the DVD commentary if I could just sit there and just say, no, I didn't write that. No, I didn't write that. No, I didn't write that. <laughs> He had a great idea, and I've told this before, where it was um, Weird Al Yankovic's brother, uh, Weirder Al Yankovic, <laughs> who would take, eat it, and make it schmeat it. And then, uh, and then in the documentary, you found out that he had another brother called Normal Al, who would take, eat it, and make it beat it again. <laughs> Which I thought would have been perfect for Dana. I don't know why he never There's did a that. sense of humor that I think so. Like there, there's a sense of humor that that many of us have, where we just where where we go. What's adjacent to that idea? What's adjacent to that idea? What's adjacent to that idea? That I think in a writer's room makes everybody fucking laugh. But the moment that you put it together, you go, "This is nobody's going to wear the." Right, five people. That That's my whole career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I used to write like big things. I remember on the Ben Stiller show, uh, actually Ben came came to me after I was like, all right, let, let him fire me. And he came up to me with an idea, and it was actually a good idea. If Oliver Stone had an amusement park like Walt Disney, and like all his his movies were theme rides, and I wrote that, and it was just it was today to that date it was the most expensive, you know sketch, you know, written, and I was just looking around. The production or the... When the you production, sorry, the production. production yeah. right. No, the writing was cheap. I came cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they put it together, they put it up. Yeah, and I remember looking around going, this came out of my head, and now I'm just, I, I hope it works. Jesus Christ. I, These so people are working so hard. When when you do when one does sketch, uh, certainly at Second City of the Main Stage, there's a, there's a correlation between, uh, there's a definite connection between the amount of props and set that you have to put together and the chances of it never getting into the show. Right. The more time you spend on it, the more likely it is going to be cut, but cut at the last minute, and because you want to hold the fuck onto it. Yeah. 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 And I would think that that. Well, that's definitely the fear, you know. Right. But luckily, uh, we don't have an audience that immediately doesn't laugh. <laughs> so you could argue, oh, yeah, it works. It there's works. a benefit to that. Yeah. Right? There's a benefit to that. There's a benefit to that. Um, so you've been doing a lot of uh, stop, um, stop motion. Stop yeah. motion. Yeah. So that's that. You've, how many stop motions have you done? How many? How many shows with two? Uh, yeah, two stop motion shows right now. Called uh, one was Moral Oral, and the other one was Mary Shelley's Frankenhole. I fucking love that show. The Mary Shelley's Frankenhole. Yeah. Oh well, you're in a minority. <laughs> I know I am, but I, I know I am. But I, I, there's the one that I uh, one that I saw uh, not too long ago was uh, the vagina one. Oh yeah, that's the best episode I think. That is so good. Yeah. It's so good, and also the death. Uh, I just remember death sitting around talking about kids and right. how to get your kids. Right, right. He he threatened not to kill Frankenstein's kids. And, but, but I loved, <laughs> and because I'm a huge fan of uh, the at, uh, underplaying mm -hmm. Me the too. joke. Me too. I don't, uh, that's why none of my shows really make it. <laughs> you know, I like, I like the subtlety. I like, I like seeing behavior more than, than jokes. And know? that scene had so much behavior in it. Yeah. I'm saying it's a scene, but that episode, right. that yeah. scene in particular where death comes and um, uh, Dr. Frankenstein and um, uh, who's sitting next to him? Uh, Polidori. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, and death's going, I'm going to get you and Frankenstein, I'm going to get your kids. And Frankenstein's like, yeah, well, what else you got? Yeah. My favorite thing is stop motion characters that don't move or barely move and just sit there and like deadpan. Because <laughs> it's so easy to make them deadpan. It is. And here's the, here's the thing though. I was working with some, some students yesterday and I was saying, okay, at this moment, because when I, when I improvise, I, I, when I direct improv or teach improv, I'm heavy on the side coaching. And I will say, stop, don't, don't do anything. Don't do anything right now, just sit. And, I, and actors can't fucking sit. Right. And, and let me just yeah. take you in. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Like Gene Wilder in his greatest moment. He could be very animated, but like he could just also, I, I remember there's a, like, in everything you always wanted about sex, when the man says, I'm in love with a sheep, it must be literally, well, it feels like two minutes of just silence. It's probably 20 seconds or less. But Jesus, God, he's so good at that. So good at that. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, the tent, because that's 
That's the pressure tension. I talk about pressure tension and dynamic in scenes. Yeah. The tension, because you don't want every scene to be about conflict, about arguments. Yeah. You know, so you get right. an improv scene and you get to work this emotion against that emotion. The the the, the excitement of death and the 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 apathy of of Dr. Frankenstein going, yeah, what else? Pushing yeah. that together right there. So when you have uh Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is Gene Wilder just going, just yeah, just watching them, yeah, <laughs> and letting everybody work around that, yeah. and to know that you know what you're looking at the crazy person, and then you go after a while, you go, wait a minute, right? The reason I'm looking at the crazy person is the pressure of the non-crazy person putting that together in a scene, right? Yeah, no, he's brilliant in that, yeah. but it's also brilliant writing too and directing. Yeah, yeah. Although he's the best thing in that movie. I mean, it's a good movie, but I mean, he definitely stands out. Don't you think? And that's what makes that, you're right, that's what yeah. makes that movie, the casting of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Who, who directed that movie? Uh, was it, I know it was like produced by David Walper. I don't know. Yeah, who, right, it was produced by David Walper. But I, I don't knew know, that. I don't know who directed it. Isn't it so it? interesting to me that it's such an iconic movie and I. Yeah, why do I know it. the producer? And right, not well, David Walper did so much stuff. David L. Walper. Yeah, yeah. Because the other L. David Walper right. was a dickhead. He was? I don't even Which, know. What, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> 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 David Walper. It's like, no, 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 I'm David L. Walper. <laughs> or uh, the other guy. Because ah. uh, I had. Uh, now, now, going back to you being mad at us, did you come and yell at us or anything? No, I did not. Oh. I did not. But I walked out of that thing right. thinking, what the fuck was that? And it was the same feeling that I had when, and I've mentioned this on the podcast before, where I was at LACMA and there was a woman in front of me in the gallery and there was somebody who had this big white painting and you know it was one of these paintings where somebody took a white, a red brush and just went foosh on a white canvas. Yeah. And this woman got so angry and she's going, what is that? I could do that. My granddaughter can do that. And she, I'm walking, you know, because we're walking through the same galleries and she gets, I'm just watching her get angrier and angrier and going down to the cafeteria over there and her finally going, that painting meant nothing to me. And I'm going, <laughs> Really? You just spent ten minutes more passionate about that than your grand than you'd ever talk about your granddaughter. Yeah. So for me, it was that was one of the realizations. Well, hey, look, I, I was lucky that you didn't yell at me because uh, I wouldn't probably be here today. Because I remember respecting you a lot in Chicago from afar. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if we had much interaction. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you. Uh, what was the improv group you were with at? Crime and Punishment I, with yeah, uh, maybe that one right. with uh, Richard Label, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mick Napier, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's Tim the one Meadows, I uh, Madeline right. Long, yeah, uh, so great, such a but the, but growing yeah. up in Chicago, like in that area, and being around at that time was crazy. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, but I didn't know it at the time, and I mean, did you? <laughs> no, because there was no context. How yeah, did you exactly, know that? Exactly. But there was also like I there went, was a lot of lot of talent that came out of there at that. It was like just a yeah, it's a a big, what do you call that word? Germs. Uh, <laughs> Germanarium. <laughs> Germanarium. <laughs> Germanarium. Yeah, yeah. It was a big Germanarium. Yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, I think we yeah, Chicago was called Little Germanarium. It was Little Germanarium, yeah, which yeah, pissed yeah. off Eastern Germanarium because it's like, what the fuck? Again, this is happening. We were actually Second Germanarium. <laughs> I mean, look at all the people that came out of that too. Yeah. And and to think. How many of us, and I've talked about it on the podcast before, how many Chicago people are so enmeshed in the comedy world here? Yeah. And there's also a sensibility that, that I feel that we have. The, and looking at the work that you're doing, uh, and again, we're talking about the stop motion and mm -hmm. taking the moments in and that sort, of, that sort of humor, I think that there's a theatricality to it that comes from what it was that we worked on yeah. back then. Yeah, definitely. I just found a bunch of VHSs that I transferring to DVD of Andy and I doing stuff at like, um, uh, what was the place on uh, Lincoln Avenue or like Fullerton, I forget. Um, was the, it a bar? Yeah, it was a bar and they uh, had a big screen and we used the screen we would. Uh, you're yeah. not talking about Roxy. There's Roxy. Yeah, yeah, Roxy. yeah, the Roxy, the Roxy. Roxy, yeah, yeah I think yeah. it was on Belmont or something, wasn't it? I think it, it was, was Fuller, Fullerton. That doesn't matter. But that was a, that was a huge place there. Yeah, yeah. Did you perform there? I mean, I know it was mostly stand-up. Yeah, I did. I did some. I did some. Uh, I did some work. I think Pete Pete Moore uh, right. had done some work over there. Yeah, and got a bunch of people together over there. Paul Gil Martin probably worked over there. Pete, yeah, Pete and Paul were at. Uh, 
at, a, at another place around the corner, and they, they had a, like a stand-up night. Right. I can't remember any of these names, though. Did you, but, did you do stand-up? Uh, Andy and I started doing stand-up at the same time. We would just kind of help each other out, and mm-hmm. then finally we're like, this isn't working. Let's just go up there together and hold each other's hands. <laughs> <laughs> there was one point where Andy went up drunk to do his stand-up, and ended up lying on the stage just laughing. And, and then I came out afterwards. He wouldn't leave the stage, so I started doing my stand-up. And he was doing all my punchlines before I got to them. <laughs> and it, like, they never got more laughs than that night. <laughs> I, think it, it's so, I think Andy is so interesting because for the longest time I kept thinking, I don't understand his celebrity. And I would talk to him about it too. I mean, I don't. For a while, there was thinking I don't understand his celebrity because he's so outside of all those things. But it's all he wants to be too, and he gets what he wants. Right. <laughs> yeah. He is a force. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we. I don't know if you knew, but I knew he was going to be famous back then, just because he he was so hungry and he's good. Yes. You know. Well, his news radio stuff is yeah. is just so interesting that he was on a sitcom. Yeah. As not a. He was able to do the sitcom. Right. And do you remember when it started trickling in that the world started knowing who we knew Andy was? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was an exciting time, too. It was. Yeah. And people would talk about it, and I'd say, I know that guy. Yeah. I know that. He made me really angry yeah. once. He hasn't changed that much, I'll tell you. No. Like, so the celebrity didn't change him. Right. Know? Right. And I don't want that celebrity. Right. I don't want celebrity. Yeah. No, no, I don't either. And it's easy for me to say because I don't have it. But I, but I you, really... But you, you shunt, you could have. Right. Well, the fact that you wanted your character uh, killed off, you know... In, yeah, uh, in, I don't know if know. it was going to go anywhere anyway. But, but uh, that's but, one of the things that's indicative, yeah. you know, reading things right. that you wrote about it, saying, you know what, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I, Am I getting it wrong? Or, or, no, no, or no, no, you're completely right. Uh-huh. You're completely right. I don't know if I would have been... Uh, any more famous than I am now, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't much, you know. But You're I still, working. Yeah, yeah. I'm, and I don't mean to I'm, go, hey, buck up, buddy. I'm just no, no, going. I know, I know. I, I'm, I'm very happy with where I'm at, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, I wouldn't want, if I could keep this level my whole life, I'll be happy. Right. You know? What is this level? This level meaning what? Just working and, and being able to support my broken family mm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and, uh, and just, you know, living pretty comfortably, you know, I'm still going check by check right. in my life, it's but so weird it's okay because that's what keeps me going. Um, you, you know? you're broke, how many in your broken family? Uh, I have a daughter uh-huh. and an, an ex-wife and we're, uh-huh. we all get along. No, and, the only reason I'm asking yeah. is, um, the, the reason I'm asking is the, the idea of going check to check. Yeah. And I know for me, I go check to check going, oh, okay, I, I can make it. I right. can make it. No, it's, uh, I have to drink a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love drinking. I love it so much. I know, so Last great. night. I never is, see you at bars. Where are you? I'm here. The drawing I, room? No, you know what had to happen? The minute I came out, because I was married for 14 years, and my wife lived in Chicago, and I lived out here for a year and a half without her, because uh, she had a job there. And she came out here, and she came out here once for my birthday, and... Uh, I don't remember what it was, 96 or 97, and we're coming back from my birthday party, and I get pulled over for a DUI. Uh, and at that time, yeah. the DUIs weren't what they are right now, and I, I man, a lot. Were they worse or better? They're better. They're, I mean, they had just changed from .08 to .09 or whatever that meant. They're better now? They're No, oh, they were okay. better back then. Okay. For me, it's like, you got to pay $1,000 and you lose your license for that. It's like, are you putting $1,000 and your license is kind of in, you can use it, but you yeah. know, don't abuse it. So uh, after you get a DUI, you go, mm, I can't fucking do that. Right, yeah. I can't. So I drink at home, and this is an example of what I do. I Last night... Uh, at one one thirty, I'm one thirty in the morning. This morning, I'm thinking, I haven't drank all day, <laughs> and what do I got to do? I'm gonna do a little research tomorrow morning, and uh, so I think I'll drink. Yeah. And I drank from one thirty until three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I had just a, you know maybe two glasses of scotch. And it's that the best. Was, it's God the damn best. it, dude! Right now, I just keep thinking, what do I have to do this afternoon? Can I have some wine right now? Yeah. Whenever a young writer asks me what, what he could do to, to, to become a good writer, I say, just have some vodka. <laughs> <laughs> really helps. It just breaks down that it critical really wall. And there's certain people who don't drink, and I'm like, I, 
I like you, but there's we just you've just put a governor on a relationship. Yeah. We can only go so far. Like Adset. Adset, you know, she's You know, I got him drunk for the first time on stage in San Francisco. Recently? It was uh, about two, three years ago. Uh-huh. And um, he uh, I don't know what he was drinking, gin and tonics or something. And he was, you know, he's holding it together, holding it together because he loves control. He loves <laughs> control. And finally he fucked up something he said, and the whole crowd went, whoa! It was like a telethon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, like a telethon. And all that. that night, he's like, I'm a great drunk. I'm so charming when I'm drunk. I'm joking around, but... Uh... <laughs> You've known him for a long time. Like, were you guys Columbia? Yeah, we were at Columbia. I uh -huh. probably met him in like 85, mm -hmm. 86. Yeah, he was in my class at Second City. We, were, yeah. we went to, we went to class, we took classes together at Second City. Yeah. What a great actor. What a fucking yeah. great actor. Yeah, yeah. He's and really somebody great. that really does like control and like, like so much, so much control. Yeah, we're very different in the way we work because, uh, I mean, I remember he hate, he he hated what I did on stage a lot. Oh, I, I, he's gone off on me about shit that I've done. Oh, where, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're uh, uh, he had this phrase that he would say where we would all work, you know, we'd warm up together. Um, and this is about here. And he had a phrase and everybody in my cast, we was like, let's have Adsit join us. And we'd have, he had that phrase and I was going out of town or something and Adsit came in and filled in for me and they were warming up and Scott went, no, 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 no. This is, this warm up right now, it's all false energy. And we're all going, <laughs> what the fuck, false energy? What's false energy? Energy, and we still joke about it. Like, <laughs> wow, you're really fucking serious. False energy, and going, That's wow, hilarious. false energy. I still, I don't know what that means. Still, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he he got to you somehow. Yeah, he did. Oh, petri dish, petri dish. There it is, germanarium. Not germanarium. Germanarium. <laughs> germanarium. I think a petri dish is a germanarium. Yeah, <laughs> I really think it's a germanarium. Just and I would bothered like me. I would love scientists to start calling it the German area. <laughs> um, we need another dozen a gross of German area. German area. I was very yeah, good German at that. Area German well. area. Yeah. Uh, working with Adsit, I, I remember. Well, you, you, you're the Moral Oral. You guys. Yeah, Moral Oral and, and Frankenhall. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, both those. He things. does amazing voices, too. You wouldn't know. Like, he, he, sometimes he's like four characters in one scene. Right. And you can't tell that it's a different. Do you remember the show that he did with uh, um, the Main State Show? Did you watch any of the Main State Shows? I, I might have been gone at that point. And you, I didn't, uh, I don't know. I didn't go see Second City too much. He did a scene with, with Tina Fey where it was a national public radio scene. Mm -hmm. And he was, she was the host of a national public radio show. And he was a German composer. Mm -hmm. And he wrote a piece, something, someone just committed suicide, or he had suicide, and he really didn't want to talk about it. And Tina kept going, why don't, well, why don't you talk about it a little bit? And he played this German act. <laughs> and that voice that he had, I, I still hear it. And when I look at that piece, I'm thinking, was that Adsit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he's a chameleon, definitely. He really is. Yeah. He really he really is. And and I love and man, again, the actors that we know coming out of Chicago, the com the comic actors that we know. Yeah. I I talk about Carell a lot. I talk about Carell yeah. more than I talk about Colbert cuz Carell really he he has legs. That guy's an actor. Right, yeah. Yeah, Colbert is that a personality. Character. Yeah, right. He's a yeah. personality. Yeah, um, and I look at Scott and I think, man, I, I think one of the greatest things was Thirty Rock ended. Right. Yeah. Definitely. He was. Yeah. I mean, he he wasn't uh, he wasn't used on that show, and I think he's too subtle. You know, he's too good almost. Right. You know, for that. Right. Are you working with him now? Yeah. I mean, every chance I could get. Mm -hmm. You know. Whatever, uh, whatever I'm doing, right? You know. You've uh, you've had a you've had a career where you're really you're having a career where you're really able to get your voice out. That is the voice of the writer. Yeah, there's a confidence that you have, and it's like you get it or you don't get it. Right. Yeah, I don't. Uh, <clears throat> I used to be very good at facilitating other people's visions, mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't really have a drive to do my own show. Early on, I was I was enjoying working on Mr. Show and Dana Carvey Show, and 
And I guess even in those shows, I had like little spurts of my voice getting out. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when Moral Oral, I had the opportunity to do that, I uh, uh, certainly, as the show went on, like by third season, um, I don't know if you saw any of it. And, you know, I mean, it's been criticized as being a little preachy, which I think it could have been. Uh, I don't mind that. Yeah. A point of view, I, don't, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind having a point of view, watching it. Right, Robert Smigel calls it my masterpiece, but he spells it M-A-S-T-U-R piece. <laughs> <laughs> I had him write my bio once, and he wrote it with that spelling, and then I just left it. I thought that was great. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Wait, did I, you credit him? Did he did you credit him for writing your bio, or did did he do it uh, as a a, a nom de? I don't think he would have wanted credit for it. I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> he once came up to me and said, oh, "Shit, I just thought of a great nickname for myself, but I can't make my own nickname. It would have been better if you thought of it." I'm like, "Well, what is it?" And it, because he's like, when he was producing, he just went way out of his way to make people miserable. <laughs> like, just, just, like, big, just too big. And he said, the best nickname would have been Cecil B. DeBears. <laughs> but you can't give yourself that nickname. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, um, uh, I don't know any other way to be now, like, than to to get my voice out there, I'm kind of a spoiled brat too. Well, you know? what happens is we're encouraged to we're encouraged, and once the toothpaste is out of the tube, it's out of the tube. Mm -hmm. When we're encouraged to go, this is what I want, and this is how I'm going to do it. And that's not to say that I won't listen to your ideas. It's to say that my life is enjoyable because I feel that way about what I'm doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, there's no other reason to live, really. <laughs> no, but there are certain yeah. times where somebody will ask me to do something, and I'll think... Uh, what does this mean? Because if it's making me go, right, I'm gonna think, okay. Well, that's why I didn't enjoy doing Starburns. You know, that was, uh, you know, that whole character was Dan Harmon's <clears throat> joke. Right. It was a joke. Yeah, and it was a joke, and right. I didn't know who that character was, right. and um, it just didn't, uh, it didn't excite me. I get it. I know? so get that. Yeah. I so get that. Because, and and I, the quote that I saw was. That you, uh, the quote that I read was, uh, you were asked to play yourself, and there was a little, there was a challenge in that. Yes, yeah, because yeah, there wasn't a character there, so I had to play myself, and I don't know who I am, and <laughs> and, and uh, I literally had one line some episodes, and I would space on the line. <laughs> and I find that when yeah. I space on lines, it's because I don't believe it. I right. don't buy into it. Yeah, I'm not owning it, and I don't care about it. Yeah. I just wanted to be out of there mm -hmm. and drinking and writing, right. you know. <laughs> right, 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 right. And being around, but and being around real actors like that, like you know, a beautiful cast. Well, it's such a beautiful cast. Yeah, and and to have them go, why don't you fix your teeth? <laughs> like I, what's wrong with my teeth? I mean, I know they're crooked, but uh, what a weird thing to say. Yeah, well, that was Joel McHale. He well, was, uh, right, 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 right. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's a beautiful cast. And, and beautiful cast, you look at beautiful cast and you go, oh, you're a beautiful, a beautiful cast. Okay, this is a beautiful cast. Yeah. I don't know. I feel, oh, I, I did a couple episodes of uh, Spin City and to work with uh, Heather Locklear and um, Charlie Sheen and those people and Brian Bostwick and those fucking handsome fuckers. Yeah. You just want to gravitate towards Richard Kind to go, dude. Yeah, it's amazing because you see them on TV and they look normal. Then you're there and it's you feel like Zelig. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I got friends still, and I look at people and I go, I can't fucking believe how beautiful you are, <laughs> and then I'm sitting around you. Right. That's okay. We're beautiful. We get laid, right? Yeah, we right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, <laughs> and I'm sure the people are going, ah, oh, Dave Rosowski, uh, Dino's really beautiful, and like, oh, why those people together? How are those people together? And I, I, I remember when I when I got married, I would look at my wife and go, I can't fucking believe that you're hitched to me. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is surreal. <laughs> it's surreal. I, and again, to be married, I've married for 14 years and go, that's a long fucking time to be with somebody. 
You're, you're still with, with no, no, I'm oh, divorced. No. I live yeah. here by myself, dude. All right, oh, I fucking I love I, it, man. I love I love living alone, and I know it's gonna sound like we're protesting too much, but I do. I love living. I thank God every day that I a I don't have to go to school, right. and b that I just live alone. Right. And, and I can and, fart whenever I want. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know, and this is status quo. What you're looking at right yeah. now is status quo. And every yeah. once in a while, the desk needs work. And, you know, I got boxes because I've got other... I'm, I'm moving some stuff out. But at the end of the day, this helps me be creative. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Where do you live? Uh, Atwater. Oh, I like it over there. Yeah. And the community in L.A., and I've talked about it on the show before, the community in L.A., uh, it took me about 10 years. No. Yeah, maybe maybe five or eight years to go. I, I like it here. I really like it here. Yeah, I I think I liked it immediately because I I was only here for like maybe a few months and then I went back. I thought I was going to live here and I got into a fight with Andy and we I left mm-hmm. and uh, I went back to Chicago and I love Chicago but I missed something about L.A. Mm-hmm. a lot. You lived in New, you you worked in New York too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. After the Ben Stiller show, I went and worked on Conan. Right. Yeah. How long were you on Conan? Um, I was there on Conan proper for like, you know, a year mm-hmm. before I got burnt out and had to leave. But then I kept going back right. as a guest writer. And, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah. Um, and the, How'd you like New York? I love New York. Me too. I love New York. It, it, it actually made me like Chicago less. <laughs> that, you know, the way, the way that I look at it too, when yeah. I think about I go to I go to New York, I work in New York probably three times a year. Yeah. Um, I'll go out there and I just eat that fucking city oh, yeah. up. I loved living there. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't too much for me. I liked it. And then I like this too, you know. Uh, for uh, me, what I love about this is I feel somebody, like KUSC, which is a classical radio station that I listen to, they, they every once in a while will say from the, I think that's their phrase from the in, uh, from the entertainment capital of the world, right? And I think that's hyperbolic, but I fucking agree. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's so many creative people here. I lived on like Cherokee and Hollywood for a while, mm-hmm. and I remember just loving it because I th- I thought the the eyes of the world is on this. Like everyone thinks about Hollywood and Vine, and it's, it's Cherokee insane. and Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> right, it is. It's yeah. Borders over there, Musa yeah. Frank's over there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 old Hollywood <laughs> and new crazy Hollywood right. and uh and it just you feel like everyone is like watching you from another planet. And and also I just again, I just I get so excited about it that I can't talk about the people that I know that are here yeah. and the shows that I know and the world of possibilities. And I remember first being when I first moved here thinking it's Friday, man. That means there's nothing going to fucking happen Saturday and Sunday, and I can't wait till Monday because there's got to be something going on yeah. that I might get some work or I might be able to uh, get that check, right. and something's going to happen. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to meet someone and hang out with that somebody, yeah. and to watch our friends or, or our, our colleagues' trajectory, just to watch where they're going, to see where um, yeah. Where Odenkirk is right now, yeah, yeah. and what David Cross is doing right now. Do, do you have you interviewed those guys? Or uh... um, I I don't have. They're not in my circles. Yeah, but yeah. I'd like to. You know, I know that yeah. Odenkirk and I always got along. Yeah. and David, I don't know David. I don't know him. So maybe. Yeah. We'll How about Atsit? Have you? Um, Atsit, I, I he's not out. Is he hot here now? Uh, he was out here for a couple months. Right, right. I'm, I'm going to connect with him because I like Scott so yeah. much, and he's he's really been inspiring to me in many many ways. Yeah. Uh, and and what you were talking about about him not getting many lines on that show at first, I'm like, oh great, they're they're she's transforming him, and he's going to be a breakout character and like that. And then suddenly it was like, da, da, da. Right. but yeah. that's when. You know, with television, Tracy Morgan's character came up, and Alec Baldwin's character came up, right. and, and then you go to the shiny object, and you go, "That's the easy person to write for. That's the easy person to write for." Yeah, exactly. For. Yeah. But but Scott's character was so uncomfortable. I wish I was a writer on that show just to <laughs> write for Scott, right? Because you know? I'd know how to write for him. But there's something in that lovely uncomfortability. Yeah. That that. That Tina was Tina's character was the uncomfortable character, and yeah. everybody made her uncomfortable. So I think that Scott's character didn't really have much of a chance there. Right, right. Yeah, he was almost like um, uh, who was the uh, what was the character on uh, Mary Tyler Moore, the bald bald guy. Uh, uh, Lou Grant? Murray, Murray. Oh, Murray, right? Murray, Murray. Yeah. Right, Murray, Murray. Oh, like right. Murray. You know, kind of the straight guy, but then, yeah. 
Murray, so, dude. Yeah. Murray. Yeah. That show, the elements of that show, it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And none of those, it's, it's like WKRP in Cincinnati. You take, you take that show apart and those actors, where are they not? What the fuck are they doing now? Yeah, yeah. But because they were together in that time with each other, great actors. Yeah. Howard Hessman, right? Yeah. WKRP? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Right? God, yeah. Iconic. And I, I, did you have anything to do with the audition? Did you? Yeah, I, uh. I wrote it. I mean, I, I, it's, not, it's not even anything that I ever wrote, really. I had to sit down and type it out. Do you know, for, it's, 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 it's the best sketch it, I have ever fucking seen. And I, I know that sounds crazy, but I tell it people It doesn't like, sound crazy. <laughs> well, are you, do, you know, do you know the sketch? Ben? I Look, I'm very proud of it. It came out of, I did a play at the Annoyance Theater. I wrote a play called Trent. And... Um, you know, it was we're talking about a, a sketch on. I just want to tell yeah. you, we're talking about a sketch on um, uh, Mr. Show, Mr. Show yeah. called the audition. Yeah. Okay. And but after the play, Scott came to every performance only because after the play we just would go up on stage and do fake auditions uh-huh. all night long. <laughs> and, <laughs> and there were a lot of funny ones, and that one just like kind of clicked perfectly. It, there uh, went, uh, it, it's perfect. Play play the clip now. Ah, that that brings back memories. <laughs> right. Play the cup. We'll wait. Everybody, we'll wait. Okay. Put it on pause. Um, uh, all right, now that you've seen it, <laughs> uh, I just it just goes on interminably. Yeah. You know, I, I auditioned with that bit once. Uh, not expecting to get anything. I just wanted to try it out. <laughs> Can I use this chair? Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. And um, how long did it take... For y'all to so you you wrote it and then everybody just went yes, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we I did it as an improv just on a night we were joking around, and and then I just kept doing it for people like at parties right. and shit. And at one point I did it for Bob and Dave, and they're like, "We got to do this," and I'm like, "I don't know how it would work as a sketch," right. but uh, and then I just wrote it out. And then came up with an ending where he says, and scene, and they're like, yeah, and they're like, no! <laughs> <laughs> but there's also, I, so you're at the table. Right. Uh, you're the one sitting at the table, and... Um, and Bob's there. And Bob's there. And David's, you, David's doing the, the, the audition. Yeah. My, my, my thought here is to be sitting there watching your words, because it really is a perfect sketch, and watching... Your heart must have fucking exploded. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if you do that, but for me, I, I would go, "This is really good." I'm it really was, uh, it was a little nerve wracking, all through rehearsal, because yeah, I had my very specific way of doing it, mm-hmm. and and David did it his way, and he, he actually ended up doing it perfectly. Right. Uh, but As things go. Yeah. Right. But it, you know, it was a little nerve wracking uh, just to see it develop. And then very scary right before the audience saw it. Uh-huh. And, uh, but it was very, yeah, it was very uh, uh, heartwarming to hear the laughter finally. You uh, know. We, I use it, in, I use it in, om, in almost every writing class. And I know at Second City, we, we made people watch that, set, that scene. Right. Um, for a number of reasons, because again, we're going pressure, tension, and dynamic, because that scene is not about conflict. Uh, conflict is a small part of it, but it's also building it, and the tension being the time going back to right. holding tight, where he goes, can I use that chair? Right, right. Can I use that chair? I have to say, like, a, uh, about a year or two ago, <clears throat> I was I just got into Abbott and Costello movies mm-hmm. again. I Last time I saw them, I was probably like seven or eight. And I got all these Abbott and Costello movies, and there was this one scene that really reminded me of the audition. And they went up to in a diner, and Bud Abbott said to Lou Costello, now we only have enough lunch for one person. Enough lunch or money? I'm sorry. Enough money for one, one person, one lunch. I'll get a burger. We'll share it. Um, you know. And when she asks you if you want anything, just say you don't want anything. And he said, okay, I don't want anything. All right, so she, he walks up there, and Bud Evans says, I'll have, a, I'll have a burger. And she's like, okay, and for you? Well, oh, no, I'm fine. And Bud Evans like, I have a burger. 
I don't really. No, go, go. Have a, have a burger. All right, I'll have a burger. Wait, 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 wait. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder if I somehow subconsciously took it. I don't remember that scene at all. But, it's but so, um, I, I, that, like, growing up, so where did you see that originally? Did you see it on WFLD? Sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, Channel 32 I mean, that, you know, Abner Costello were my first, like, comedy inspiration. For me, you know? it was Laurel and Hardy, Charlie Chaplin, Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello. Yeah, for me, it was Abbott and Costello and the Cowardly Lion and the Scarecrow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did, so you grew up in the suburbs, right? Yeah. What suburb? Uh, Norwich. Norwich. Yeah. Uh, Norwich Hillside, right? Nor. Is it Norwich Hillside? Isn't there a sister city? Uh, maybe I'm just thinking. It's like it. it's toward O'Hare, like yeah, Mal yeah, yeah. Malrose, Norwich. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, Where Rolling what? Stone Records was, <sighs> and the Harlem Irving Plaza. Our hip. The hip, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a neighborhood. Uh, there was a neighborhood uh, movie theater, a single screen, of course. And on Saturday afternoon, they would have Abbott Costello. They would have. Black and white cartoons. Yeah. Abbott and Costello, W. C. Fields, Laurel and Hardy, Charlie Chaplin, yeah. and moms would drop their kids off, and just, just screaming. That's children. another thing about Chicago. I think um, there's a, we they really uh, we really embraced old you know old television shows. Right. And I think more than any other city, for some reason, you know, I feel like there's a lot of nostalgia for Chicago TV that there isn't. Uh, other places. Well, you had the yeah. in, uh, independent channel. We had Jack Taylor doing the news. Yeah. We also had Bob Bell doing right. the news, but he was also Bozo. Right. And you had... I remember uh, I worked for Robert Morton, Morty from Letter... And, and right. He's like, you Chicago boys and you're Bozo. We <laughs> love your Bozo. Well, and I'm like, Joey, yeah, we fucking love our Joey Bozo. Joey is a friend of mine now who took over from Bob oh, Bell. Oh, wow. And, and, and Joey is a great guy. I wonder how many times he heard Big Shoes to Fill. Well, I'll ask him next time. Yeah, ask I'll him. ask him. I'll <laughs> ask him. But but boy, I remember like all that stuff. But it, it it changed my life. Yeah. Like watching Ray Rayner on that show be a fuck up. Yeah. And have his own show. Well, he's brilliant because it just made kids feel so much better for what they you know what they were doing. It's you know? imperfect. I keep go, telling people about that. And they're like, wow, that's amazing. I've never heard of that. I want to do a kids show and take all the great stuff from like those Chicago guys, right? And, you know, well, Cuddly Dudley and trying to make a, a rose out of a, a piece of hanger and a, yeah. some yarn. Bj and, and Dirty Dragon, oh where he just God. would would turn away and draw for like ten minutes straight. But we're inspired by so many other things. So when you go, I don't know where that came from. It's the, yeah. the fact that you were able to get all to, to take all that in, right? And just that seems very specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. But but there's also you the it. timing. It's really funny. Yeah. But the timing, yeah. like to watch Evan Costello and have the timing of that, and yeah. we don't know. Well, we're watching it where we're six or seven or four or five or whatever it is that we're going. That made me laugh. I yeah. like that, and it's not the specifics of that. Yeah. But. It's not the, that was the bit. Yeah. It was, that's the feeling. Yeah. And to go, I know that feeling, and I like that feeling, and yeah. I like that feeling. I have that. to say, I, I didn't even feel like uh, I it was I had even seen that before. I oh, didn't I get even it. ring any kind of but memory. It, it, yeah. it, it connects you right, in yeah. a way, yeah. where, like, a, like a song that you hear going, yeah. oh, man, I like that kind of music. Yeah, exactly. I play that kind of music, and I like that kind of yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, for me, it was Laurel and Hardy and the slow burn. And Laurel and Hardy always depressed me as a kid because they always cried. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. <laughs> now I love them. You know. Well, I, my my issue was with Captain Kangaroo because I felt like uh, it was mean. Like people were mean to each other on that show. Like yeah. throwing. Ping oh, they pong were. Balls. I don't remember well, Captain Kangaroo that. Well. I felt that they were mean. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people going, "Come on, Dave." And I didn't <laughs> trust Mister Rogers, and I still don't fucking trust Mister Rogers. He creeps me out. Uh, wait, have you ever had a kid? No. Boy, I, as soon as I had a kid, I appreciated Mr. Rogers. Because you want someone to, to, to be gentle with your kid. <laughs> Especially when you have a daughter. Right. And like, I'd watch Mr. Rogers just cry. <laughs> he's so nice. He's so nice. Right. He's See, so I need and he's never, ever been proven otherwise. Ever. It goes back to context. It goes back to context. Like, like when that when he first came out, you know, you were uh, everyone was thinking he's going to come out as uh, a pedophile at some point. That's what Never, I mean. Never, ever. No, no, no. No, he's I keep clean as it. a whistle. This right. guy. I think that, <laughs> that at some point, if I walked out of the room, the TV is on, and I walked out of the room, and I might hear him go, 
take your pants off. And I would run in and he'd be playing with trains. And I'd go, did I just hear him say, take your pants off? No, not Mr. Roger, I swear to God. That guy is a saint. <laughs> he really is. Uh, a lot of those shows, I, I, but again, growing up in Chicago, where you go, Hard Rock, Coco, and Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 but the banana wasn't good. But the banana, but the bitter batter wasn't. Oh yeah, that was bitter, 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 Right. And all those cartoons that you'd watch over and over and over again, and you're never tired of it. Did you ever get into Steve Dahl? A little bit. Yeah, I'm. I'm on his podcast network. That's the network. Oh, you are. What network is that? Yeah, it's the Steve Dahl network. Oh, it's his network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's podcasting. Uh, sorry about everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. It's kind of my catchphrase without even knowing that it is. Right. Because I used to just leave places and go, sorry about everything. Because <laughs> I know there's something that I did that I don't know. I woke up this morning thinking, I said something to somebody. I said this this one of my students. I love somebody. If I love somebody, I'm going to say, I want to punch you. Right, right. I want to strangle you and I want to punch you. Yeah, there's certain things that kind of just trigger off. You don't know why you say that. And I just want to go, I want to punch you. Yeah. And, and I walked up to a student who I think is this beautiful, really talented woman, artist, yeah. actor. I really like her. And I, I saw her and I was like, God, can I punch you in the neck? And she went, no, why would you don't. do that? Yeah. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't you hear? me say that in the spirit that it was <laughs> exactly given. exactly i used to have this sort of hiccup bit where i would i had this bag uh this airline bag that i had at columbia college and i you know i put whatever i had in there i don't know what books <laughs> I don't, maybe yeah, I don't back know. then people used those things but when i whenever i uh, got fake mad at someone i'd say get in the bag get in the bag and i once accidentally said it to a dwarf uh, there was a dwarf woman who, <laughs> and she got so mad at me. I'm like, no, I say it to everybody. <laughs> um, I, I totally understand. I was, uh, I, uh, for a summer, I was a Now she'd get mad at me because I said the word dwarf. But uh, I think you could say dwarf. Yeah. I don't think you could say midget dwarf anymore. Oh, yeah? Or little, little dwarf. I don't think you could even say dwarf. <laughs> you got to say Can little say people, dwarf? right? In general. I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. care. I had Tanya Lee I Davis still, on the I show. I still say everything. I still for I me, say, that's I say right. faggot. That, you could I love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Love for me, that word. I say mentally retarded. Yeah. I do. I said, what are they, mentally retarded? And I, I, I've gotten into fights with people about that. Yeah. Because it's like, they don't know that I'm saying that to them. Yeah. You're the one offended by yeah. it. We're no-nonsense Chicago guys. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I had a job, a summer job. I was a houseboy. Yeah, right? Whatever the fuck you, that means to you, I was that without the sex. Uh, for <laughs> At a mansion in Highland Park. And it was friends of my dad, and yeah. they got me a summer job. Yeah. And I was raking and painting and yeah. fixing shit, and I had no business doing that, being there, but it was a great job, and I really liked it. And I got to work by myself. And they came home, they came back one day, the couple, and they said, we just saw your dad, and he's such a nice man, and he is. And I said, and, I, and at that time, I was doing riffing stuff, and just like riffing and seeing what words come out. Yeah. Like, yeah, my dad's the tops, he's the one, he's A number one, he's the guy, he's the man, my dad's a clip. <laughs> and they both stopped, and they went, what, what, did, what did you say? I said, I guess I just said my dad's a clit. And the moment that those words tumble out of your mouth, you're going, how is this going to be received? And they went, okay, um, we're going to be in the house. We're going to make lunch. I'm like, great. I think that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. And your dad's not a clit, of course. Why? Why is clit a bad thing? I don't know. I don't I've know. never heard. I've never. I don't yeah, yeah, I've never heard anyone called a clit. No, neither have I. Nor have I ever heard anybody go, "It's a good clit or a bad clit." Right. Where you go, where if that if, clit? Right. Exactly. That clit. It's kind of a pussy way of saying cunt. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah. Oh that word. Don't even start me on that word. Don't even start me on that word. The shit that comes out of my mouth when I'm driving is unmotherfucking believable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. But there's also something about the creative process. Those of us who, who are writers or uh, who, who are art, like, like word artists in some way where, where we're, we're, we're thinking on, we don't have a governor. And you certainly don't. You know, there's not a governor. There right. is a governor, but no, the governor is different. No, I get in so much trouble, yeah, I get it for things that I say. But I don't care. Because you know what? It's not even that much trouble. I kind of like being in trouble. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like when people are mad at me. I well yeah because that's the name of your podcast. Sorry about sorry right. 
Except back in, in that day when you would have gotten mad at me, and then I would have gotten out of show business because I respected you so much. I, well, I, I, <laughs> for me, I, I was, but I was also, it was a Germanarium for me as well to go, <laughs> is this the way that things go? Right. And there's also, there was also at that time, there were very few defined, well, there, there were things that were defined, but there were, we were also experimenting with things. Yeah. And then going, what's this mean? What does this mean? And that's how the Annoyance Theater started. Right. Where Mick said, I have this idea, and we went, oh, let's do that. I don't see anybody doing that. Right. And Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely never liked the rules, and but what infuriated people was I didn't learn the rules. <laughs> I broke them before I even knew what they were. And the thing is to know. go, oh, there, there was a rule for that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, now that I know that, it's interesting, but just anecdotally. No, I hated it. I, I left Don DePolo's class the first day I was there. Mm -hmm. And I had gotten a scholarship to be there <laughs> from... The man we were talking about earlier. Oh, from from the uh, yeah, right, yeah. right, right, right. So. Well, yeah, but but again, none of that was a mistake. Right, no, none it was, of that it was, was all wrong. great. It was all perfect. It was it was great, and yeah. and our people experience. That's the thing about New York that I love is New York seems to be like there's a pocket. Like what what's going on here? I'm going to follow that sound, and you look at it and you go, what the fuck is happening here? Like music and poetry and dance and that kind yeah. of shit. And over here, it's harder to find that. Yes, definitely. There's a space on La Brea, La Brea, between Melrose. I'm going to say Melrose and Sunset, and it's on the west side of the street. And it's a door, mm -hmm. and it's a painted door right next door to this place that has like fake torpedoes on the wall that always has g uh, 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 shirts and, and things on the in the parking lot that they're right. selling. Okay, so right next door, and you open the door, and there's a hallway, and it's got weird paint on the side, and you walk in, and there's this motherfucking hall that is I don't know what it was, but there's crazy fucking art going on yeah. in there. And it's more exciting if it's here right. than in New York. Because in New York, it's almost like, yeah, of course, it's everywhere I turn. So when you do see it out here, you're going, where am I? Yeah. So when I get to go to a party at a loft or a, a performance in, in downtown, I'm going to do that. I always was was very fascinated by the idea that Cassavetes came out here. I, I mean, I, I guess he had to because he was uh, he was an actor, but he... He made his movies out here, most of them. And uh, do you like Cassavetes? I love Cassavetes. Yeah, I mean, and and put on plays. And I think that's this is the place where you're supposed to do shit like that. It's so funny you say that because at I.O., during that time that we're talking about, yeah. in Dell's class, Dell said, I'm gonna, we're going to improvise a movie. And so he had a cast of people come up right. to improvise his movie. And he said, we're going to do a Cassavetes. And I'm like... I have no idea who that was. Yeah, yeah. And someone in the cast knew who it was, and someone, one person in the cast knew who it was, and another person in the cast worked with that person in the cast who knew who that was, and I liked that person who knew that person, so I said, yeah. I'm going to follow the person that's following the person that knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And afterwards, Del said, that was a perfect Cassavetes wow. movie. But if you look at Cassavetes, he had so much improvisation going on. You know, uh, uh, he, would, he would let the cameras roll with Peter Falk and, um, what's her name? Uh, Jenna Rollins. Jenna Rollins. Yeah, yeah. He well, he he says it, everyone says they were pretty scripted, but they were worked out through really? improvisation. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and he would he would definitely let them improvise their emotions, you know. And you could tell. Yeah. Um, which which is amazing. There's a movie with a dinner scene with Jenna Rollins. Yeah. Uh, uh, woman under the influence. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, there's your pressure, tension, and dynamic. Oh again. sure, yeah. Going, Whoa. I've had many a Thanksgiving like that. <laughs> right, yeah. and the casting of that, the ensemble of that, the people that he had around them, and yeah. this is where those people lived yeah. in L.A. Yeah, yeah. This is where we are. Yeah, great. Let's end there. All right, great. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Chicagoland area, Dave will be teaching his improv is acting Saturday, May 18th. For more information, go to www.davidrosowski.com. Are you waiting for that perfect time to start your dream business? It's now. Whether you're setting up an LLC, S-Corp, sole proprietorship, or nonprofit, 
LegalZoom takes care of you from start to finish. For more information, go to LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom is not a law firm and provides self-help services at your specific direction, but there's so much more. Now every LLC and incorporation package includes an easy-to-use business accounting software, a $269 value, free. Be sure to enter ADD Comedy in the referral box at checkout. Start your business, protect your family, and safeguard your assets at LegalZoom.com today. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.